Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from. This is the Common Nomad Podcast. My name is Scylla. How's everyone doing? My name's Edward. <laughs> um, and yeah, let's get into it. Of course, of course. How you doing? How you doing, Scylla? Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Um, it's been a, been a tough time for me, per se, personally, and other things. But we don't have to get into that right now. But how, how you been? How's your week? How's your month? And we start there first. Um, I need more sleep. And um, I have a lot of transitioning happening in life right now. So I am just accepting myself for where I'm at and um, keeping my head down. That's that's basically it. That's the nicest way that I could say it. Yeah, that's, that's a great word, transitioning. I think that's a great, you know, association term for me, myself as well. A lot of transitions going on, uh, whether it's, you know, personally or professionally, there's a lot of transitions. And as we all know, transitions could be good, bad, or neutral. Uh, it just depends how, you know, the pros and cons of the transition, why you're making the transition, and who gets infected by the transition. But, you know, I think that's a good, that's definitely what I've been going through. It's just a lot of transitions. And, you know, once again, trying my best to be the best person I can be tomorrow and then the next day and then the next week, the next month and, and so on. And so, but it's funny how you say uh, transitions. Well, that's just fun how you said that. Um, should we get into it? We should. Um, we are actually going to transition and get into today's topic. So you wanted to talk about emotional intelligence um, in the context of friendship. You want to let the listeners know what exactly you mean by that? Of course, of course. I know emotional intelligence is kind of a loaded term and there's multiple definitions for it per se, but the way I interpret it as is the ability to perceive, to control, and to evaluate one's emotions. You can add other terms in there, like, you know, assess, demonstrate, evaluate. but that's what it's about to me. It's really being self-aware of your emotions during any encounter, any interaction, whether it's a joyful one, whether it's an angry one, whether it's an unexpected one, what is your emotional intelligence in all situations? And to me, people have different ones depending on what's going on. You know, emotional intelligence is definitely, um, hit, it hits different once when you're angry, when you're mad, how you react, what's your sudden impulse, the impulse factor. And to me, those are the things that make up emotional intelligence. How about you? When someone tells you what is emotional intelligence or how do you perceive that, what do you think about? Um, I think emotional intelligence, it sounds exactly like what it is, right? So it's the ability to understand emotions, yourself included, but others around you. And it's funny that we're talking about this topic because I remember, I think on the first episode or one of the earlier episodes, um, I was talking about how in friendships, you kind of have to learn how to talk to people um, in their kind of way, in paraphrase. And you were like, mm, that's doing too much. And for me, I think that is emotional intelligence, especially when it comes to friendship, right? But before we delve deeper into it, 
it's really just the understanding of emotions, um, understanding why you feel that way, what your thought process is, what's your monologue like, like how are you talking to yourself when you have these emotions, um, recognizing in other people when they have an inability to express their emotions, that's part of it as well. So that's, we're probably just giving blanket statements and blank, sorry, blanket definitions, but generally it's just the understanding and the ability to understand and judge and perceive emotions. So and others as well. So I think you put it perfectly. No, it's true. And as you mentioned, I mean, it is kind of, you know, we, we're starting big. So it's, it is a, you know, 10,000 feet approach about emotional intelligence. Once again, it's emotions. Emotions is a very deep, intimate, uh, personal feeling. Um, you know, the ability to express and control your emotions, you know, it's essential in life, you know, the, and once again, I want to speak in our environments, the work setting, your friendships, your emotional relationships, your with your family. You really need the ability to one, why are you feeling that emotion you're feeling? To maybe to some degree, what causes it? Like why do you respond that way when certain things happen? And then three, the after effect. Do you really look back and see was that the best you know, expression of emotion I could have done in that situation? You know, it's your ability to understand, to interpret, you know, respond, you know, to the emotions of others, too. I think emotional intelligence is not just a self-awareness thing. It's also how they respond to other people's emotions, which is a whole nother um, kind of worms that we can dive deeper into the second half of this podcast episode. But I think that's, a, you know, let's first try to, you know, hone down on the self-awareness of emotions. And maybe we can talk about how you respond to others' emotions during those situations. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you put it best. And um, yeah, it's recognizing and um, it's just being able to understand. Um, I was just going to say something, but you could go ahead. No worries, no worries. I, I think one of my first questions to have about emotional intelligence is, you know, for lack of a better expression, is the term of a mind reader. So when your friends say, we've been friends for so long, you should know how I feel, how I would react, or how I interpret these things. And the fact that you don't is low emotional intelligence from you, from us. Do you think that's true? Is that a direct quote? It, I mean, uh, paraphrase, paraphrase. But yes, the essential element is that because we've been friends for so long, you should know certain things about me without me saying how I feel about it because you know me for that long. And I'm always under the impression, well, that even though that may be true, direct words are always better than saying, you know, oh, because you text me hi with no emoji, I should interpret that as you had a bad day. Or oh, when we're on the phone and I see you kind of reserved or quiet or silent, I should interpret that as you either had it, you're annoyed, you're irritated. Once again, it may not be from me, but it's from it's from a certain certain situation that may you affected that way. And because you're talking to me, I need to interpret that as that I need to, you know, something going on right there. I think we, as human beings, um, we need to understand that as much as we want people to know us, we do a part in also allowing people to get to know us. And part of that responsibility is on us. Um, there is no such thing as a mind reader. There will never be such thing as a mind reader. Your psychic is not a mind reader. Your pastor is not a mind reader. 
your parents are not mind readers, your friends are not mind readers, your employees, employers are not mind readers, right? So um, I'm sure I've been someone that I expected someone to know something about me because of a friendship. So I've been on both sides of the coin. Um, I think what- and Right there, right there. Why do you expect someone to know what's in your mind or how you're feeling because of the nature or value of the friendship? Why do you feel like that? From before you say on both sides, let's talk about that first side. So that first side is a matter of the time spent together, the habits that we've picked up from each other, you constantly being around me and just seeing me in my everyday life is the, we could say expectation for now, um, is the expectation that I have set um, to think that, oh, you would be able to, to kind of like gauge what would tick me off or what upset me, what would make me laugh, right? Like if I sent you something you know, that I found funny, it's because I think that we share a, let's say the same kind of sense of humor. So therefore I could, I could think, or I could, you know, I could, I could, I don't know if the word is deduce, um, like deductive reasoning or inductive reasoning, but I could basically guess that you would laugh at this same video because, you know, I've been around you. I know the things that you laugh at. I know the kind of jokes that we make. That's just one example. I don't think the joke is, is, is the best example, but that's just what I can think of. But to answer your question, it's just the fact that we've been around each other long enough to know, okay, this is what you like, this is what you don't like. The basics at least, right? The concept of you're always gonna know your best friend or the friends around you or yourself is completely ludicrous because people are constantly changing and a lot of people don't even know who they are. So essentially that is impossible. But I do think that as we as we continue to have conversations about like, okay, you'll talk about a certain topic. You, from that conversation that we've had multiple times, you would probably be like, okay, so chances are Priscilla is not going to like X, Y, Z. So therefore, that's not something I would even bring up. Not that you can't talk about a situation that I wouldn't agree with, but basically you would know what stance I would be on based on the things that I say, based on my persona, based on, you know, things like that. And I, I think, I think it's okay. So proceed. So <laughs> mm -hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. The last thing I was just going to say was just based on the information that you collect from people from talking to them is what you use to be making your presumptions or assumptions or, like answers. Hmm. You got it. You go ahead. No, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking because it it's not. It's not. It's, you're right. It's not you being a mind reader per se, but it's you also perceiving emotions based on your previous interactions with that individual, right? Right. I think that's safe. So you're like, okay, I know how Priscilla, you know, laughs here or does this here. Let me think. If I do this, will she laugh at this? Will she get angry at this? Hmm. I, I think she will, so I won't do it. All you can say is, you know, you can be straight up. Hey, Priscilla, I thought about giving you flowers for your birthday. Um, is that okay? Will you be okay with that? Will you be kind of offended? Or not offended, but more like, wow, well, why he did that for? He must be really in love with me. Like, you know, it's one of those, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it to an extreme example, but I don't, I don't want, I, is that what you mean by perceived emotions? Like the person thinks about it first, anticipates what you're going to feel, and then assesses it, and either does it or does not do it, 
but you still want that person to talk about what you were saying. This was about to do, but I didn't do it, or that's doing too much. I don't. Okay. Well, for me, I, what people think is doing too much, I think the the bar is low on the other side. For me, um, I just feel like I'm cut from a different cloth. So a lot of things are not doing too much. Um, so I think the quick example is let's use our friendship. You know that I'm not a club goer. So you know enough to know like I'm not gonna invite her to, to a club because you're not gonna go. I'm not gonna go. What makes you what made you come to that conclusion? Um throughout our friendship, when I would text you during the usual nights that people go out to the bar, kickback club, you would not. Um, I think we have had direct conversations about you not being that. And three, um, I know you said, you know, yeah, I think that was the main two, actually. Like, I know throughout, you know, our first years of our friendship, I never really saw you or seen you <clears throat> or heard from you that you were out and about, you were at a club, bar, whatever, doing your thing. And then when we talked about it, you told me straight up, like, yeah, that's just not really my scene, my vibe to be in party settings like that. And as a result, so now that, you know, I anticipated, you told me directly, now I know not to invite you to club settings. I invite you to more classy settings, like the, the event we went to the other month. <laughs> right. Um, so you took what I told you, and you also took like a direct or a natural observation. Sorry, I'm using science words because it's research and that's just where my mind is with this conversation. Um, you collected data from me. You you were given information that let you know Priscilla does not go to XYZ kind of events. So therefore, do not invite Priscilla to XYZ events, right? So um, one thing about you while we're having this conversation is I know that you're an extrovert, right? So in my mind, I already know that you being around people, if I'm gonna hang out with you, there's always gonna be someone else in the midst with you, right? I'm an introvert. So it's like, ah, it's cool if you bring people, but like, I don't wanna be in the midst of, I don't wanna be in the sea of people, right? Because I know that your ability to hang out with different crowds and different people is completely different from my ability to hang out with different crowds and different people or smaller crowds and intimate settings, right? I prefer the smaller crowds, intimate settings. You prefer like the outgoing, the socially charged environments whereby that's, that's just not what I am. I've been able to perceive that about you. And I think, I think you, without you even having to tell me that you're an extrovert, I was already perceiving that you are just someone that you like to be around people Anyways, so I would expect you to go to a bar. I would expect you to go to a club or a lounge or whatever to go and meet people, to go and socialize. It's just something that I know about you. So, you know, like, I don't think that is being a mind reader. I think that's just my perception, listening, which is part of emotionally, emotional intelligence, listening to the things that you do, listening to the things that you say. And, you know, as much as we are looking for direct things all the time, sometimes for it's, imagine those people who don't know how to express how they're feeling the emotional intelligence part is going to take it's going to be a little bit harder to practice right because not everybody is self-aware so this is the ideal situation that we have a friendship that we can able we could be able to communicate like hey don't invite me to any club events because I'm not going to go um you don't like this kind of humor so I'm not going to talk about I'm not going to send you these kind of videos when I find them funny because you're not going to laugh at it I don't think that's being a mind reader I think um you know, it's it's just being able to perceive. Are you gonna perceive things wrongly? Absolutely. But um also so what, and so when is wrong? What does that mean when it's wrong? 
when you're wrong, it just simply means that you made a wrong guess. You made a wrong, you know, like you thought about something and you were wrong. It's not like you're the bad guy. I don't think we need to be making people, we don't need to be like throwing people in this metaphorical like courtroom when they make a statement and then you're wrong, right? Because I'm also, well, people have called me unpredictable. So there might be a day where I'm like, yo, let's go to this bar. Let's go to this club. And you might be like, wait, what? Like, I thought that's not something that you wanted to do. And it doesn't mean that you were wrong, right? <clears throat> you were right. But maybe in this instance, I just decided to change my mind, which people very much do at <laughs> every minute. So when you make a like a like a wrong, you know, let's say you send the funny video that you thought was hilarious and your friend's like, absolutely not. I find this offensive. You were wrong. That's okay. But you don't need to internalize it. You can be like, okay, I'm sorry. I thought that you were going to find this funny. My bad. Now, when they get defensive, because that's, that's going to be somebody's natural response. Um, I think it's okay to take a step back and be like, okay, one, don't take this personal because them being defensive is something that you don't have enough information about. You could either ask, right? Like it's, it's the most human thing to just ask questions. Um, it's the most human thing to be like, okay, I see that you might be, you know, maybe it's not always gonna be a, a great thing to call someone defensive, but you could say, I see that like your reaction to this is not what, you know, I was expecting or what, not what I thought it would be. Could you kind of explain to me like why you're reacting this way? Cause I sincerely wanna understand. You don't have to say that verbatim, but I think there's a learning opportunity in a lot of that. Um, if you decided to send me roses, like the example that you gave, I'm not gonna be like, okay, well, what are you trying to say? Like, what does this imply? It's like, okay, it's a nice gesture. And that's why you sent me roses for my birthday. Um, now, <laughs> whether you knew I was gonna like the flowers or not, or the roses or not, I don't know. But knowing you, I would just think it's a nice gesture, right? So I don't know, that's, that's kind of, does that answer your question in a way? No, it does, it does. It's kind of where it stems from is when you make a mistake because perceiving someone's emotions and then they get defensive about it. But then you're like, oh, I just didn't know, but it won't happen again because now I know how this makes you feel. Right. But then they say, well, you should know how it makes me feel because I don't like, you know, I, I don't I don't like it when you, you know, call me out my name. Then you call me out my name. I'm like, well, I, I mean, I, it was, I, was, I didn't do it maliciously, but I get it. I understand. But like, no, 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 you're a bad person because you call me out my name. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, well, remember, I, I think people it. don't always want to keep the same energy, right? So people want their minds to be read, but they don't want to take the same effort in understanding other people as well. They want to be able to be like, you don't know this about me, cut Ooh, off. Say that again. Wait, 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 wait. Say that again. Say that again. One okay. more time. I, I need to process what you just said. <laughs> people. I, I can't remember exactly what I said, but basically people don't want to keep the same energy. I'm trying to like not say that all the time, but people want their minds to be read, but they don't want to reciprocate that. They don't want to also take the time and the effort to say, okay, in the event that, you know, I have sent a joke or I have called you out your name, you know, and you respond with, oh, okay, well, you're supposed to know this already. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I didn't know. And then you keep saying like how I'm a bad friend or something like that. Like they would, they would probably be uncomfortable, possibly be defensive. And then from there, just decide like, okay, this is no longer a friendship because, you know, you thought you wanted me to understand you better. And then when it was my turn, I just kind of, <clears throat> I kind of just like, you know, didn't respond well or didn't respond the way that you thought it would be. That's not fair, <clears throat> right? It's, it's not fair to 
be the person it's not fair to be the person that's like well you got this wrong so therefore you know this is over or i'm not interested in and then when it happens to you and you're the person that's in the hot seat you're not willing to understand how that other person may feel it's, it's just it's not fair it's not fair and not only is it selfish but it also shows the lack of emotional intelligence that you have that you only want people to understand you but you don't want to understand other people and it's, it's just that's not self-awareness oh, no no that's fair that's a fair point so it's kind of like this emotional intelligence in my head like I, I look at it as three parts the first part is like we talked about before being able to predict being able to think before you react these things all preconceived things right like okay i know it and mostly self-awareness i know how I'm going to react in this situation. As a result, I'm not going to put myself into that environment. I'm going to minimize those risks that can happen in those environments. That does me being have high emotional intelligence. Let's say the club example. I, I I like going out, but I hate being touched by a bunch of people. I hate my shoes getting stepped on. Well, at the club, you're going to get touched by a bunch of people. Your shoes might get stepped on because that's the environment of the club. Are you going to be okay with being in that environment? Yes or no. And if that stuff does happen, have the emotional intelligence to know that you cannot get offended by that because that's the nature of the club. People touch you and people step on your shoes. It happens mostly inadvertently, mostly not in intentionally, but it happened because the condition of that environment. So in that so situation, right, you've made the person aware of the environment that it's going to be, it's going to be the antithesis of what they were expecting, touching, groping, stepping on cool. As that friend, would you provide an alternative? Maybe a lounge that may not be as packed or something more chill? Because like, not every club is packed, not every bar is packed well, or some. Well, I, th I think that, and I think this is why we need a, a part two because I think this is the the two elements of it. It's it's as you being aware of your own emotional intelligence, self awareness, and then as you also. And analyzing, predicting other people's emotional intelligence environments, which to me not is a lot harder to do. <clears throat> no, I was just going to say, you said predicting. We're not predicting, we're just perceiving. Perceiving, my apologies, perceiving. So yeah, it's being self-aware of your own. In my club example I just did, I was trying to be more self-awareness of my own. I know that. My, am my friend supposed to know that or not? Maybe, maybe so, but it'd be good if I can speak up saying, hey, best friend, I don't like I don't like going to the club like that. And I'm telling you now because I just felt some type of way about it over the last year or two. Best friend says, Oh, thank you. I didn't know. And then you question that. Well, do you not do, you, do I look like I was having fun in the club the last one or two years? But once again, that's not what it's about. I told you the best friend knows now. Now the best friend's thinking, hey, okay, did I not perceive that? Did I not analyze that? Did I not evaluate that over the last year or two of our friendship that you don't like the club when we go out? But I think that I think that is a harder thing to predict because once again, like you said, we are what's the word predicting or perceiving. Uh, perceiving. We are perceiving other people's emotions in close friend groups, and sometimes we miss the boat. But well, you say let's not limit emotional intelligence to people that are only close to us. But I, I do get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. But it's you know it's, it's the build. Uh, that's not really a criticism or responsibility. Uh, and me telling you I don't like the club, that's not a criticism on you per se, but I can see how someone can interpret it as you're not a good friend because you didn't know that. And then you you got to take that criticism. Like, you got to be a better friend. You're not friend a good friend is criticism. 
but it's not the right thing that the person really, I don't think that's the thing that the person really wants to say. I think the person really wants to say is, I thought you knew me better than to think that I would want to go to these environments. That's the way that I could paraphrase it. Like you need to, I think when people do a lot of self-awareness and, um, and find out how tools to, to help induce that, I think you can look at what someone is saying and be like, okay, um, I don't want to say reading between the lines, but yes, sometimes in life we have to read between the lines. Um, I think in that statement, I thought you knew me, um, I thought you were, um, you're not a good friend because of X, Y, Z. I think that person is also going to say, I thought you knew me better. I thought you knew enough about the things that I like and the things that I don't like, um, which for the other person, it's okay for them to think that, but it does not mean that I'm a bad friend because I don't know this one thing about you, or I don't know these three 15, 30 things about you either. Um, people do change, personalities do change. The introvert can sometimes become the extrovert and vice versa, right? Um, I think now that we've talked about the one side of it, so being the person that expects other people to be the mind reader, then maybe part two, we can talk about um, the flip side, like how to understand people's personalities, the complexities of that, the nuances of that. Um, I think that's important as well because you know, the idea that people want to be mind readers is that argument is just not, not it at all. No, I understand. And so I, and I apologize. I didn't say like my three parts to what I think emotional intelligence is, is this perceiving notion the first part. The second part to me is the self-awareness. So you perceive whether it's someone else's emotional intelligence, I mean, someone else's emotions or your own emotions, then you're self-aware of those two things. And the third thing, as we talked about, I think it would be in part two is understanding and really diving deep deep into other people's relationship, whether it's close friends, romantic partners, family, general friends, understanding that element, which to me is, you know, takes more discipline, more understanding. And now you're, you know, associating people, you're, you're trying to analyze people who didn't grow up like you, who didn't, who doesn't think like you, and you try and just predict and, and being self-aware of those things before those things happen. Cause I think it's always good to have hindsight, hindsight is 2020 always, but I think it's always good to try your best to mitigate, to minimize and pre, you know, perceive certain things before it happens. If it happens already, like I said, if there's a highly charged emotional event that happens and you become angry because of that, then yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you know, especially like if you're angry at, at, in the work environment, then, you know, what's the consequence? You might lose your job. H- you might get called from HR. You don't always have to get to, like, those consequences to understand, like, maybe I shouldn't have yelled at my executive assistant or, my, you know, my boss or my supervisor and mentor or whatever in that setting. Maybe I should have calmed down, walked away, and then said, you know, talk to him a little bit later, him or she, when I was, cal- when I was cooler, when I was calm. Yeah, agreed. And I think um, while you were talking, um, any relationship that involves um, other people other than yourself, other than your ego, it's always going to require patience. It's always going to require um, a willingness to be, to look like a fool almost. Um, let me say that in a nicer way. Um, like you have to be okay with knowing that you're not going to get everything right because not everything is right or wrong, right? Like this is not, um, it's, it's not meant to make you feel like you're supposed to be right. Um, I had someone tell me like, 
perspective is everything. And ever since I've heard that, and I, I probably knew that already, but ever since that was told to me when I was talking to them about a specific situation, I've really been thinking about, okay, the way that I look at it is going to determine how I act, how I think about this. So at the end of the day, you have to be willing to get things wrong. You have to be willing to mess up. There's no perfectionism in any kind of relationship. That is a standard that nobody is ever going to be able to meet. Um, you could be in a friendship and think that I thought we were good this whole time until they, they bring an issue to you and lets you know like, hey, we actually weren't good this whole time, right? That's happened to me. I've been on both sides of the, of the coin. Um, and I think it's a matter of patience and not everything is going to be answered by a verbal conversation conversation. Sometimes you really just have to step back and look at people. People watch. Like when you people watch, you actually learn a lot. You learn a lot by not trying to interfere with a certain friend in a certain situation. But I also think that what you said before about understanding how people grew up, I think that is such a big indicator as to how somebody might be, as to why they are the way that they are. And I think like I think we like the ability to be friends when it's comfortable and because we can joke and because we can laugh. But I value my friendships more now because I know what they've gone through. So I know like, okay, you might not be able to express your feelings because you didn't grow up in an environment where you could express your feelings. So it's, it's not that it's pulling teeth to get you to talk. It's that you might be used to the fact that you don't get to talk and maybe people might make you feel like crazy or like you're doing too much. You're not doing too much, right? And I don't think a lot of people have that kind of patience, so. It's funny how you said that. Um, me and one of my close friends had this conversation the other day, actually. Um, no, you're right. I definitely do believe that the way, you know, if you can understand the way your, your people, your friends, your close ones, your loved ones grew up, it'll help you better understand the way they think, why they think that way. And maybe cause a lot more, non-miscommunications, not non-misinterpretations, because you understand better of who they are and your friends for a reason. Ah, and I remember, um, I do believe your closest friends should not be your biggest cheerleaders. That's why I believe it. I really do believe that. I think to have a really good, healthy friend group, you need your close friends to be your, not, not your, you know, your critics, nothing like that, but tell, you know, tell you the best, the real, the real. They can't always have your back in every situation, in every, you know, occurrence, in every conversation. I really don't believe your close friends should do, you should be your cheerleaders. They should be like, nah, bro, you were bugging. Or nah, sis, like, I hear you, but you shouldn't have done that because of X, Y, and D. And this is just my opinion. Of course, you're a grown person. You do whatever you want to do in your own day-to-day -day life. But I'm just giving you my opinion about how you should and should not do a certain situation, my opinion, and what I would do if I was you. But, you know, I'll still love you regardless. But that's, that's uh, I just didn't support that action you did. That, ooh, I feel like we should end it on, on this note. I'm so tempted to add more to that, but we can, we can, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll pin it for part two, because that's a good one. Um, there's a difference between cheerleaders and enablers. And I think that's a good point as to why you brought that up. So and, and you know me, you know me in that enabler thing. I've left, I've definitely gotten better with that over the last two or three years. But I remember during the first part of our friendship that when we talk about other friends, that I was, you know, looking back, I was being an enabler in certain situations. And that's why boundaries and conversations were developed up to be a less enabler and more of a real true friend. Yeah, let's, let's end it there. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
well i love this for us um once again thank you guys for listening um take care until next time bye guys till next time bye